Welcome to WADA, ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by Southeast ADA Center, your leader for information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's your host. Welcome to WADA ADA Live. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, we welcome you to episode 59 of ADA Live. Hello, everyone. I am Pam Williamson, Assistant Director of the Southeast ADA Center and your host for today's program. Today's episode of ADA Live will be focused on voting rights and accessibility at polling places. Voting is one of our nation's most fundamental rights and a hallmark of our democracy. Yet, for too long, many people with disabilities have been excluded from this core aspect of citizenship. People with intellectual or psychiatric disabilities have also been prevented from voting because of prejudicial assumptions about their capabilities. People who use wheelchairs or other mobility aids, such as walkers, have been unable to enter the polling place to cast their ballot because there was no ramp. And people who are blind or who have low vision could not cast their vote because the ballot was completely inaccessible to them. Title II of the ADA requires state and local governments, also known as public entities, to ensure that people with disabilities have a full and equal opportunity to vote. The ADA's provisions apply to all aspects of voting, including voter registration, site selection, and the casting of ballots, whether on election day or during the early voting process. I want to remind you that you have the opportunity to submit your questions about voting rights and accessible polling places at any time at adalive.org. It is now my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Ms. Bobby Holsclaw. Ms. Holsclaw is the county clerk and chairwoman of Jefferson County, Kentucky's Board of Elections. Jefferson County is Kentucky's most populated county and is the location of the city of Louisville. In her role as chairwoman of the Jefferson County Kentucky Board of Elections, Bobby plays a key role in the conduct of elections. Her office is responsible for overseeing the filing of petitions for candidates for elective county offices, drawing for ballot positions, printing ballots, and canvassing the votes at primary and general elections. The county clerk must also certify election day votes to the Secretary of State of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And most importantly for our discussion today, Bobby's office is responsible for ensuring voter access at Jefferson County, Kentucky polling places. Bobby, we're glad to have you with us today and welcome to our program. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, let's dive right in. So we learned a little bit about what you do, but tell us more about your responsibilities as the chair of the Jefferson County Board of Elections. Well, Pam, serving as county clerk and chair of the county board of elections now for, I guess, close to almost 20 years, our office is responsible for conducting 
conducting the elections here in Louisville. And that is including administrating election laws, registering voters, candidate filings, uh, the surveying of polling locations, and the maintenance of all the voting machines. Um, as of this month, Jefferson County has surpassed 593,000 total registered voters. Our county has 623 precincts with 232 polling locations. So it is pretty good size. You do have a lot to manage, and I bet in the past 20 years you've seen a lot of advances. So what types of advances in technology have you seen that have enabled people, um, especially people with disabilities, to be able to vote? Well, here in Louisville, we have the Kentucky School for the Blind, and I would say around 2002, Jefferson County participated in a pilot project for the visually impaired at the Kentucky School for the Blind. Um, it was really in response to the passage of the Help America Vote Act, or what we call HAVA, of 2002, and our office purchased HAVA-compliant voting machines for each polling location. So you've seen a lot of advancements in technology. So you've got the machines. Um, so over the, the and those came about as a result of your work with the um, school for the blind. So have you seen other things come along to, that have helped people with disabilities to be able to vote? Well, I am really proud of the fact of the steps that we've taken here in Jefferson County to accommodate all of our voters. Uh, our election division includes two employees who utilize what we call the geographic information systems. And to explain that, it's a little like the Google Maps, so to speak. And what they do is where there is a need to move or create a new polling location, those employees are tasked with reviewing those locations online. And at that site, they're able to view the size of the parking lots, the number of accessible parking spots. Um, it's able to tell them the number of entrances to the building, as well as determining whether the location will meet all the ADA requirements. Um, along with that, we also have a staff of technicians in our election warehouse who regularly, they go out regularly each uh, election year and visit polling locations to determine accessibility. Uh, Working, really, it takes a whole team effort, and they are able to scout out locations that meet the needs of all of our Jefferson County voters. That is very exciting, and I just love how various types of technology are feeding into making sure that the polling places are more accessible. So when they're looking at the accessible polling locations, what are some of the specific elements that they're looking at to ensure accessibility? Well, Pam, um, I'm going to say in 2016, it was around 2016, the Department of Justice updated its guide for really evaluating the accessibility of polling locations. Um, that was a survey, and it involved evaluated parking, passenger drop-off locations, uh, accessible routes. It uh, measured... Uh, included measuring ramps and entrances and examining the path to the voting areas. 
uh, during the summer, uh, I believe, of 2017, uh, the staff here surveyed each polling location in Jefferson County. And as I mentioned earlier, that's quite a few polling locations, and we utilize the new guidelines. And, of course, that's across the country when that that's a requirement. Um, these documents we also are shared transparently online for all of our voters countywide to be able to see it. That's excellent. I like the idea of sharing that information with the voters so that they can get a feel for what's actually occurring at their local voting um, polling location. So, you know, as we know, you've, you've got to be able to get into the building to be able to vote, but obviously a big part of accessibility is the voting equipment itself. Uh, and I know you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, the accessible voting equipment, but tell us more. How does it work, and how do, how do people who need to use that equipment um, access it? Well, that's something that, that's a question that I get really excited about because we have waited quite a few years to update our equipment. We had really some good equipment, but with the, uh, as you well know, with the HAVA, passage every state was allocated money and because our equipment was fairly new we held on to our money and this past year we decided the equipment had become fairly old and it was time to give some replacement so um, after consulting with our own staff and visiting nearby like pretty size same size jurisdictions as Louisville and receiving input from our partners in the ADA community, uh, Louisville went to a public bid to purchase a new HAVA compliant voting system. Uh, as part of this project, we the office implemented from a company called Election System and Software, which is ESNS, and we bought uh, equipment that's called the DS200 and the Express Vote, which has universal voting system starting with the 2018 primary. So we got the primary under our belt and we're excited to use it in November. Uh, we took into consideration the express vote's ability to service all voters regardless of their need. Uh, it truly was a priority of our office to provide an independent universal voting machine. The uh, express vote allows both standing and seated voters to cast their vote independently and privately. Uh, PAM, it also features an accessible keypad equipped with Braille and the ability to use the SIP and PUFF devices. So we are, our first experience of course was in May and it got rave reviews from our uh, disability and special needs community. Bobby, that sounds very exciting, and it does sound like the new machines um, are meeting the needs of people with multiple types of disabilities and really are promoting that independence and privacy that we all want when we go into the voting booth. Would you, would you um, consider that a, a big yes? Oh, without a doubt, it's a huge yes. Um, you know, when we bought this equipment, it's like anything else. When it first started out, it was bulky, it was not easy to use, but it at least was something that we were able to give the community. So things over time always improve, the technology proves, 
But in addition to the implementation of the new voting machines, we really decided it was time to review our inventory on our voting booths. Uh, with the remaining balance of the money from our voting machine purchase, the office went to a public bid again and we got for a new inventory of voting booths. And we wanted to make sure that they were accessible for everyone. Um, it was essential for us to purchase a booth, a booth that was really and truly universally designed for all electors. Uh, along with our voting equipment during the 2018 primary, voters were introduced to Inclusion Solutions Franklin Four Station and also Frankie Jr. Jr. adjustable voting booths. Uh, Pam, these booths accommodate both standing and seated voters, and we have truly received many compliments from our voters, as well as the election officers on the ease and of use for on these new booths. That's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear about these um, new pieces that have been such a success for you, and I know that you're looking forward to using those. Now, before we go to a quick break here, I do have a question for you. You used a term called HAVA, and I think, if I remember correctly, that it's the Help America Vote Act. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Just wanted to make sure of that because they're um, – in addition to the Americans with Disabilities Act, we also have HAVA, the Help America Vote Act. So tell us a little bit more about the Help America Vote Act. Well, the Help, of, Help America Vote Act was passed back way back in, in 2002, and it was passed by the United States Congress, and it was to make sweeping reforms uh, really to the nation's voting process. Uh, HAVA, as it's called, uh, addresses improvements to all voting systems and voter access uh, that were identified following the 2000 election. Uh, HAVA created new mandatory minimum standards for states to follow in several key areas of election administration. Uh, the law provides funding to help states meet those new standards. Uh, for replacing all voting systems and improving election administration. Uh, HAVA also established uh, the EAC, which means Election Assistance Commission, and they're there to assist the states regarding HAVA compliance and to distribute the HAVA funds to the states. Bobby, I really appreciate that information about HAVA and um, and the so that we can understand better how it um, goes hand in hand with the ADA. Well, I'm happy to be able to help you, Pam. Now, ADA Live listening audience, if you have questions about voting rights or accessible polling places or any other of our ADA Live topics, you can submit your questions at any time in our online forum at adalive.org. Now, at this time, I want to pause for a word from our sponsor, Jefferson County Kentucky Board of Elections. The Jefferson County Clerk's Office is a state constitutional agency with varied duties governed by the Kentucky Revised Statutes, with the Departments of Motor Vehicles, Legal Records, and Elections, all under the auspices of the county clerk, the office directly serves the citizens of Jefferson County, Kentucky. Jefferson County Election Center is responsible for conducting all elections, including administering election laws, 
registering voters, candidate filing, the surveying of polling locations, and maintenance of voting machines. County Clerk Bobby Holsclaw serves as the chair of the Board of Elections, overseeing a voter population of 593,000 registered citizens. The Election Center is responsible for printing ballots, canvassing the votes at primary and general elections, and certifying election results before they're transferred to the Secretary of State. While the duties of the Jefferson County Clerk's Office may be varied, its mission is very clear. The JCCO is here to offer exceptional service based around the ideals of value and integrity. It strives to perform at the highest possible standard, making all citizens' government experience as pleasant and effective as possible. Hi, folks. Welcome back to our show. We're talking with Bobby Holstall, the county court clerk and chairwoman of the Jefferson County Kentucky Board of Elections. Bobby, so as we return now, how many election officers are involved in each election, and what type of information do you provide to them about assisting voters? Well, Pam, our office uh, is responsible for training approximately over 2,000 individuals. Actually, it comes to around 2,200 of them. Um, This two-hour training course includes instructions on setting up all the voting equipment, including equipment that is accessible to voters with uh, special needs or accommodations. During that training, our poll workers also view a video that provides tips on assisting voters with special needs. That's great. So are there any additional steps that your office does to accommodate voters on actual election day in addition to the training that uh, that the election officers receive? Well, um, though our, all of our polling locations are ADA compliant, there are still a handful of locations that I'm sure would benefit from temporary enhancement devices. Um, let me give you a an example. Um, while the location meets ADA requirements, uh, there may still have doors that are heavier than most or slightly more difficult to access. Um, several years ago, our office uh, introduced what we call the ballot call alert system uh, at a handful of polling locations in Jefferson County. Uh, it basically serves as a type of doorbell to alert election officers when a person may need additional assistance, such as opening the door of the location. Uh, This is in addition to signs and ramps and temporary parking that we do provide. Excellent. So so basically, if I understand correctly, you may actually put in some more um, accessibility features that are just for that day um, because the the site may or may not have that particular feature in place on a regular basis. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, we want to do everything we can to make sure that everyone, people that need special accommodations, that we can help them as much as possible. Excellent, excellent. So, well, let me ask another question. If there, for voters who may not be able to visit their polling location on election day for whatever reason, what opportunities um, are available in Jefferson County 
to be able to cast an absentee ballot? Well, uh, I think it was around 2017, and the Kentucky General Assembly here uh, expanded the qualifications for in-house absentee voting to include persons who, due to age, disability, or illness, are unable to go to the polls on Election Day. And though this qualification had long enabled voters to vote by mail, our office was excited to begin offering additional access to voters through in-house absentee voting. And in, to obtain an application for absentee, uh, voters can now visit our website or call our office, and we take care of it for them. Uh, and for those who do qualify for in-house absentee voting, um, I hope they rest assured that our election headquarters has been surveyed for accessibility. That's great. So it's good to know that there are options available to the voters so that they can get their vote um, in, whether it be at their actual community polling place or um, or coming into the office or via mail. So. Well, we want to make sure if they do, are able to come in and they qualify to come in early to vote, that where we are located is certainly accessible. Excellent, excellent. So obviously you mentioned earlier that this is a team effort. You have to be able to work with a variety of people to make this happen. What type of communication and collaboration do you have with the advocacy and disability groups in Jefferson County? Well, I believe being, being heard and understanding the needs of all of our voters is really vital to us providing really great service. Um, in addition to providing universal equipment and booths, um, the office really maintains a relationship with many groups. Uh, to mention a few of those groups, Protection and Advocacy of Kentucky, uh, we work regularly with the Kentucky School for the Blind, uh, the League of Women Voters, um, our mayor here has an ADA roundtable forum, and we hear whatever their needs are. And there's numerous social service agencies. Uh, I personally, along with our elections team, actively attend seminars and events that are focused on voter participation and access. We actually have some um, people that have special needs that want to uh, before Election Day, we will take them out and make sure that they're able to use some of the voting locations so we can rest assured that they are very accessible. Uh, come September, our office regularly celebrates National Voter Registration Day, and that's held in September. Um, the event provides an additional opportunities for our leaders within the ADA community to become hands-on with the election process. We've had several of them come at our National Voter Registration Day, and we set up the equipment and let them test it out so they're familiar with it before Election Day, Pam. Excellent. So let me ask a question. The voters uh, or the uh, individuals with disabilities who go out uh, ahead of time, um, who who goes with, I mean, who goes with them um, from your office? Is it some of your, uh, is it some of the technicians or yes. is there a 
team. T- tell me a little bit more about that because it sounds like a great way to involve the community. Well, we have a couple of the staff that go with them. It's a couple of the people that work in the warehouse who actually go out and test the sites to make sure that they're accessible. But until we make sure that someone who does have special needs can use that themselves, we feel better. So we invite them, and we usually have a few that are always happy to go along with us to test the sites before Election Day. So That's great. I love the way that the community is being um, – being involved and it's really uh, a way to you know work with uh, folks to ensure accessibility. Bobby, there's a new campaign called Rev Up, and it stands for Register, Educate, Vote, and Use Your Power, and it is a part of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And so they are all about making sure that voters are registered. Uh, Are you familiar um, with that? And have you been able to use any of the resources that that they have out there? Well, I am familiar with it, but I have not actively been involved in that yet. We have been so heavily involved with the purchase of this new voting equipment that that has really been where all of our time and attention has been in the last probably year and a half. But we will get involved in that. That's great. That's great. Because they said a lot of good information out there, both for uh, elected officials as well as, um, as well as people with disabilities. There's the issues guides. There are candidate forum guides and an election accessibility toolkit. So there's a lot of great information uh, that might be, uh, uh, might be usable for folks um, who are um, a part of the election system. Well, I think that's wonderful because we truly do want everyone to be able to vote. And it is amazing to me that the pride that they take in doing so. So anything that we can be a part of, we look forward to doing that. So fantastic. So, Bobby, as we get ready to wrap up today, what are some of the things that Jefferson County, Kentucky has done that other cities or counties might implement to make their voting practices more accessible? Well, um, I would say our polling locations are organized so all voters can be processed efficiently and voters with disabilities can manage through the voting area and participating in the electoral process. Uh, Every voter has a right to cast a ballot privately and independently at their polling location. And we work very hard to guarantee each polling location meets the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act and that all voters are provided with an equal opportunity to cast a vote. It's so important. And, you know, I had said earlier, I don't think we can work hard enough to make sure that everyone is able to vote, particularly people that do have disabilities or special needs and might need accommodations. We are, I think, Everyone really and truly wants to make sure that happens. Well, Bobby, we really appreciate your information today. And if I can just reiterate some of the things that I have heard you say, 
use technology to check accessibility, the GIS mapping. Make sure you use a team effort and collaboration between your Board of Elections and uh, individuals with disabilities in the community and disability organizations to make sure that everything is accessible. Uh, make sure you look at that polling place access ahead of time. Don't wait till the last minute and implement um, temporary measures that might make things more accessible. And also, too, look at the available equipment to ensure that every voter can vote independently and privately uh, and exercise that right that's so important to us. So we appreciate you joining us today, sharing uh, your knowledge and also for letting us um, learn more about what Jefferson County has done. Uh, and ADA Live listeners, I want to let you know that this episode and all previous episodes are available on our website at adalive.org. The episodes are archived in a variety of formats, including streamed audio from our website, accessible transcripts of the audio, and they are also available to download as podcasts so that you may listen to it at your convenience. I want to thank you as our ADA Live listening audience for joining us today. We are very thankful for your support and as you listen to these broadcasts. As a reminder, you can submit any questions on this topic or any others by going to adalive.org. Be sure to join us on September 2018 for our next episode of ADA Live, where we will be discussing supported decision-making and conservatorship with Jonathan Martinez from the Burton Blatt Institute. If you have any questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, contact your regional ADA center at 1-800-949-4232. And remember, all calls are free and confidential. Thank you for listening to ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by the Southeast ADA Center. Remember to join us the first Wednesday of each month for another ADA topic, and you can call 1-800-949-4232 for answers to your ADA questions.